Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Hope your afternoon is off to a fantastic start. We have some fun in store for you today, including the National Football League. Week 12 kicks off tonight with some familiar faces. Jacoby Brissett, formerly of the NC State Wolfpack, now the leader of the Indianapolis Colts. They visit Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. Indy beat Houston earlier this year. Texans need revenge. The winner will be 7-4 and four and the AFC South leader meeting in nice playoff position. The loser, not so much. And as we look forward in Week 12, we have a lot of tasty treats that await us. The, the Panthers, of course, are only 5-5, five and five, but not dead yet as they head to New Orleans to take on the 8-2 Saints. Seahawks at Eagles, another intriguing matchup between possible playoff teams. The Cowboys visit the Patriots. That is the NFC East leader, Dallas, against a New England team that has one of the best records in the NFL. And the Packers at 8-2 visit the 9-1 49ers. San Francisco, of course, with that other best record in the NFL. That'll be your Sunday night special, Green Bay at San Fran. And the Monday night matchup, whereas we will not really discuss it much today or tomorrow, since it will be still waiting there for us on Monday, it does raise an interesting question of the day as we look forward to three great phone guests on football, as we look forward to special in-studio guests that I will describe shortly, as we even have one of our own, the NC State Wolfpack, continuing week 13 in college football. They have the national TV spotlight on ESPN, Thursday night football, ACC style. It is the Wolfpack visiting Georgia Tech in a 14-team league. Quick reminder, eight of the 14 ACC schools already have qualified for bowl games. Only one of the 14 cannot get to bowl eligibility, and that is the Wolfpack's opponent tonight, Georgia Tech. It is in Atlanta. The Wolfpack, of course, needs to win out tonight against the Yellow Jackets and also next Saturday at Carter-Finley against the rival North Carolina Tar Heels, who also need a 2-0 finish just to get to that sixth win that gets you to bowl eligibility. More on the college football weekend that awaits us. More on the NHL, NBA, college basketball, and other headlines of the day, including your Carolina Hurricanes, are not only in playoff position, they are back home tonight against my childhood team, the Philadelphia Flyers. Long ago, I converted, indeed, to a season ticket holder, in my case, for the Carolina Hurricanes. But it not only tugs at my heartstrings, remember, there are two hockey fan bases that celebrate that Rod Brindamore guy more than any other. He wore, a, wore that sweater in Philly for a long time. That is not a sports city where it is easy to be revered even long after your playing days. But even while you're there as an active player for the Flyers or any of those pro sports teams, Rod Brindamore managed to pull that off. He is revered to this day in the city of brotherly love by hockey fans. He, of course, is viewed that way here as well. The current head coach of the Canes, the guy who was the captain when the Canes raised Lord Stanley's Cup back in 2006. It's the Canes hosting the Flyers tonight. I'm actually taking our in-studio guests to that game. 
That's a rare combo. I'm not sure if we've done that before on the David Glenn Show. But they contributed, I think it was a million dollars, to a charity of their choice. So they get to enjoy our statewide syndicated radio show from the chairs around us. And then I'm going to take them to dinner, and then we're going to go to the game, and it is going to be probably more consecutive hours than they could possibly want to spend with me. They will meet the lovely and talented Maria at dinner later today. I'm not sure how much extra that cost in the the VIP package that they purchased earlier this year. We'll get to more basketball, college, and pro. We'll get to the hockey stuff. And, of course, we'll invite your calls on football as well. College and pro, Antonio Brown is in the headlines in the NFL. The talented but troubled and for now still unemployed wide receiver has filed a lawsuit against his former trainer, the same person who has accused him of sexual assault. He is a complicated guy in a complicated position. We will discuss his situation and whether any team would even consider adding him to the roster. Plenty out there who need wide receiver help, heck, including your Carolina Panthers for that matter. Antonio Brown in the headlines. Colts-Texans gets week 12 underway. A lot to look forward to on the weekend. And here is the moral dilemma, as I call it that invites a question of the day for your participation. We'll get to the three most important or interesting things that happened last night in the NBA. Hornets lost, but a couple things more interesting than that. Canes Flyers tonight, the Maple Leafs fired head coach Mike Babcock, a guy who won the Stanley Cup with the Detroit Red Wings about a decade or so ago. He is out in Toronto. More on that story with any Kaniacs who may want to jump in. David Dave Clawson of Wake Forest will drop by third hour. The Deeks still have a chance at just the second 10-win ten ten season in the history of that program. Jim Grobe and the 2006 Deacons both won the ACC title and put up the best win total in the history of Wake Forest football. Coach Clawson, third hour, David Cutcliffe on life and sports and football and his Blue Devils. Also third hour, the 2013 National Coach of the Year in college football will drop by and we'll hit on a lot of things. Stanley Jackson is also going to be with us today. He's a former Ohio State quarterback. In his media life, he works with the Big Ten Network, among others. And the biggest game of the college football weekend is, of course, right there in Big Ten country. Two of the top eight teams in the playoff committee rankings going head-to-head. It's the 10-0 Ohio State Buckeyes against the 9-1 Penn State Nittany Lions. Ohio State would clinch a trip to the Big Ten title game with a win over the Nittany Lions. They, of course, are well-positioned for the college playoff and will be there as long as those Buckeyes keep winning. Former Buckeyes quarterback Stanley Jackson will join us to start hour number two. We'll talk about that matchup, but also other college football. In case you had not heard, Florida State fans believe they have a chance at Penn State head coach James Franklin. Now, this is the same group, remember, that threw Bob Stoops' name out there and took it seriously for a while, told you not to. They threw Deion Sanders' name out there for a while, took it seriously, told you not to. We know where those ended. I don't believe that James Franklin should be taken seriously as a Florida State candidate unless he's really unhappy at Penn State for reasons I am unaware of, but that is at least in the Florida State part of the coaching carousel as that continues to spin with the Arkansas job open in the SEC, the Florida State job open in the ACC, 
and some others wondering whether more vacancies are going to occur around major college football as the calendar gets closer and closer to Thanksgiving and what is sometimes an avalanche of dismissals at the end of the regular season. Stanley Jackson on college football, second hour. David Cutcliffe and Dave Clawson offer the coaching perspective in hour number three. And here's the moral dilemma that led to my question of the day as I say hello to my producer, Darren Vaught. Intern Will, representing William Peace University. Intern Sam, representing the University of North Carolina. Those are the guys taking your calls today at 1-800-849-2761. If you want in on maybe the most interesting things you saw in the NBA or the NHL or college hoops, Tar Heels over Elon after the Phoenix put up a great fight at the Smith Center for quite a while last night. Remember, that was an absolutely dominant win for Carolina last year when they opened the Shar Center at Elon, their beautiful new basketball and multi-purpose building at that fine university. Credit to first-year head coach Mike Schrage, who was once on Coach K's staff at Duke. This is a first-year head coach with Elon, and they put up one heck of a fight, scared the heck out of the Tar Heels and their fans for at least a half before the Tar Heels ran away with it in the second half. Freshman center Armando Baycott was the star for the Heels against the Phoenix with 22 points and 14 rebounds. College basketball is on your mind. NHL and NBA, of course, will welcome those questions and comments throughout today's show. Football is front and center, and the Monday night football matchup brought me this. And, Darren, you're welcome to chime in on this. I'm opening, up, opening it up for phone calls as well. My voice sound okay today because, man, it's been struggling lately. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to try more <laughs> of my Jim Nance voice today. I'm not very good at that, you may have heard. I get excited, Darren. You do. You do. I, sometimes I have to remind you, hey, let the microphone do the I work. Know. You're not just, the best at it, but no, uh, people get weirded out when you do. That's though. very nice of you to say. You're not the best at it. You can be <laughs> candid. DG, you're horrible at that. In fact, how have you been doing this for a living for 20 years and you're still so bad at that? Frankly, that would be a fair observation i would take no personal offense <laughs> because i love the truth darren even when the truth hurts sometimes we all need to hear it uh i'm gonna try more jim Van jim nance hello friends how does that sound but i am intrigued by folks reaction to the question of the day you know who nfl safety eric weddle is he is a 13-year veteran you probably remember him with the Chargers for a long time. 13-year NFL veteran. Like, that just sounds smart and savvy, right? You don't stick around that long unless you know what you're doing. Where did he spend his last three seasons? With the Baltimore Ravens. On whose team is he right now? The L.A. Rams. Who plays whom on Monday night? Eric Weddle's old team, the Ravens. Not just previous team, but the team he was with the last three years, that's his opponent Monday night in L.A. as his new team, the Rams, desperately need a win. They're 6-4, and four, the Rams, after last year's Super Bowl trip. They were a preseason favorite. And if you lose this one, I mean, you're 6-5 and five and you're kind of falling out of the playoff picture in the very competitive NFC, right? Eric Weddle was asked... Is he going to tell his Rams teammates tidbits here and there because he just spent the last three years in Baltimore? I mean, maybe you could help the Rams defense with tidbits on Lamar Jackson. He was the Ravens starter for the latter part of last season. Or maybe because the Ravens defense right now is like sixth in scoring defense. Maybe Eric Weddle, former Ravens safety, 
could tell Sean McVay and Jared Goff and Todd Gurley and other offensive-minded players and coaches, hey, this is what to expect for the Ravens from the Ravens defense where I was one of the 11 dudes on the field for the last three years. I mean, that's some serious trade secret type stuff. That's some insider information. And whereas on Wall Street, maybe you can get thrown in jail for sharing insider information. And in some walks of life, you actually can get busted for sharing trade secrets. That's why, you know, why do people have non-compete clauses in their contracts? Well, if you're a scientist working for this company trying to develop this drug, they don't want you leaving, going to their competitor and stealing all the trade secrets as you're about to have a breakthrough, right? Well, guess what? In the NFL, there is no rule preventing Eric Weddle from telling the Rams, his new team, anything and everything he wants to tell them about his former team, the Baltimore Ravens. This is going into a night, Monday night, that could make or break the Rams' season. You know what Eric Weddle said? I'm not sharing anything. Eric Weddle said, what kind of man would I be if the Ravens treated me so well for three seasons, but I just turned my back on all of them now that I'm here in L.A.? Now, listen, I admire the guy's morals and ethics and intentions. I'm not sure I agree with his conclusion, though. Put yourself... If I'm the Rams and I'm paying the guy $10 million, I'm not paying you for your touchy-feely feelings, dude. I'm paying you to help me win football games, right? What, there's other things on that list, but what is first on the list if we're honest about it? Eric Weddle, I am paying you to help me win football games. Now, that means in traditional ways, right, tackling, Making an interception, making a big play, causing a turnover, leading a defense with your 13-year veteran high football IQ. Of course, those things. But isn't it also kind of common in the NFL? Bill Belichick, I have read, does this all the time. He will sign a guy who used to play for his upcoming opponent just to have him around for the week or two and then cut him after you bleed the guy for information about his former team And then when you use it against his former team, you cut him and he's no longer with the Patriots. It's not against the rules. It may or may not be against your morals or your ethics or whatever, but it's not like the insider information that you can get thrown in jail for on Wall Street. It is not like the non-compete clause where, yeah, you'd be violating your contract if you went to a competitor and gave away, we're about to have the explosive new drug that's going to cure this or that and you take it right to the competitor that would be against your contract insider information is trade against the law in many cases this is not that sean mcveigh said yes you see a lot of trading trade secrets in the nfl when you have a guy who played on your upcoming opponent he said every guy treats it differently it differently it is up to each individual player how to handle such things there is no nfl rule though against it if you're the rams what do you say to eric weddle when he says i'm not sharing anything about the ravens 1-800-849-2761 dave clausen of wake forest david 
Cutcliffe of Duke, Stanley Jackson of the Big Ten Network on college football. The Big Tailgate Tour, driven by Continental Tire, closes the regular season with two in-state rivalry games. This Saturday, we'll be at the Aggie Eagle Classic in Greensboro, right there next to North Carolina A&T's BB&T Stadium. Find us from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. leading up to that kickoff. And remember, go to BigTailgateTour.com. Tell us where your tailgate will be. We'll show up with cool prizes, David Glenn Show t-shirts, and you may be named and crowned this week's Tailgate of the Week, which makes you eligible for the thousands of dollars worth of prizes that come with tailgate of the year. Remember, the next in-state rivalry game will be Carolina at NC State. We'll be there at Backyard Bistro a week from Saturday, leading up to that kickoff between the Tar Heels and the Wolfpack. 1-800-849-2761. Special phone guests on the way. Special in-studio guests on the way. A lot of football. little NBA. A little NHL. A little college basketball. What do you think about Eric Weddle's commitment? Do you admire him more for, I guess, not ratting out his former team? Or would you be mad at him if you're the Rams and you're paying him $10 million and you have a make-or-break game coming Monday night and he says, I'm not sharing anything about my time with the Ravens. You can be next, 1-800-849-2761. We're glad you're with us on The David Glenn Show. The head devil, David Cutcliffe. You guys have a unique ability to, to just do it right. You know, all the fans... They're always going to defend their programs, and they should. Sometimes we all make somebody at another program mad or angry, but you guys are very fair to everybody. The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Stanley Jackson of the Big Ten Network on Penn State, Ohio State, and other college football. One quick note on that as we all also look forward to David Cutcliffe of Duke. Dave Clawson of Wake Forest and your phone calls, including on the NFL question of the day. Veteran safety Eric Weddle played the last three years for the Baltimore Ravens. He's in his 13th year in the NFL. His own coach says he has one of the highest football IQs he has ever encountered. But Eric Weddle, now of the L.A. Rams, has told his coaches and teammates, I'm not telling you anything about my former team, the Ravens, as the Ravens travel to L.A. to take on the Rams on Monday Night Football. In the NFL, it is pretty close to standard that if you worked somewhere else for a while and you have any light to shed on what the game plan should be or shouldn't be or strengths and weaknesses and tendencies and what you saw and what you remember, it's not like you're allowed to steal the playbook from your former team. That would be against the rules. But whatever is between your ears, it is pretty close to standard that you share it. Why? Because you're in a very competitive league and you're all supposed to be on the same page and you're all empty in the effort bucket. And the bottom line is you're trying to win games so you can get into the playoffs and then you want to win games there so that you can raise the trophy. Well, Eric, Eric Weddle said that he was so in tune with the Baltimore Ravens for his three years there. He so appreciated how he was treated by ownership, but also by his teammates and coaches, that he's not following that rule, that he's not sharing any secrets, that he's playing it straight. Yes, of course, I'm going to play hard for my new team, the Rams, against my former team, the Ravens. But he's not doing 
what my understanding is the overwhelming majority of NFL players do on a regular basis, and that is speak on things you help you think will help your team win the upcoming game. The Rams, remember, preseason favorite, only 6-4 and four, as they host the 8-2 and two Ravens on Monday Night Football. What would you expect of Eric Weddle if he were your player and you ran or coached or owned the L.A. Rams? You can... Jump in at 1-800-849-2761. I admire the guy's intentions. I don't think we have enough morals and ethics in this world. I admire where his heart and soul are taking him. I question his conclusion, though, because if I'm the guy paying his $10 million, and I think he has a two-year deal worth about that much, I expect him to do everything legal within his powers to help me win football games. And it sounds like, as a matter of principle, he's stopping short of that. I'm not mad at you if you disagree with me on this, by the way. This is one of the rare questions of the day where I don't think there is an easy conclusion on either side. I've given you mine, but I don't. you might be an even better person if you pick Eric, Eric Weddle's way. I'm just telling you, if I were signing your paychecks, I'd expect you to empty the effort bucket in all legal ways. 1-800-849-2761. And it does not sound like that is happening right now. Quickly, as you line up the calls, intern Will and intern Sam on the receiving end of those at 1-800-849-2761. One of the reasons I wanted to have Stanley Jackson, the former Ohio State quarterback, on the show today is that if you think of the college football picture, and Darren, you can represent our statewide audience on this if you think I'd go astray at any point. Not only do you know the name Clemson, you know the name Dabo Sweeney in this year's college football playoff picture. In that case, of course, Dabo is a regular guest of ours here on the David Glenn Show statewide in North Carolina and heard live in almost 300 North Carolina cities and towns. But beyond that story, which we know best here in ACC country, 9-1 and one Georgia. You not only know Georgia, by now you know Kirby Smart. You might not have known him a few years ago, but by now he has led the dogs into enough big games, SEC and even college football playoff. You could picture him, right? The visor, the, the feistiness. You, you know Kirby Smart. You know Georgia. Similarly, whereas Alabama may be hanging by a thread this year and may miss the playoff for the first time, you not only know Crimson Tide football, of course, you know Nick Saban, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. Similarly, if I say James Franklin in Penn State, you can picture those uniforms, you know that history to some degree, and James Franklin, whether you remember him from Maryland or as a head coach at Vanderbilt or what he's done over, what, the bulk of a decade at this point at Penn State, you know James Franklin. Of these top, Eddie O at LSU would be another example. I mean, an unforgettable personality, right? If you hear his voice in your head, you probably have trouble sleeping at night because it can be hard to understand at times. But you can picture him. You can hear him. And, of course, we all know what LSU football looks like. Well, we're certainly used to Ohio State football being in a lot of these big conversations. But what do you really know about Ryan Day? If Ryan Day walked past you on a North Carolina sidewalk during your lunch break today, would you know that it's him the way you'd know it was Saban or Dabo or Eddie O or Kirby Smart? Would you for sure? Now, if you're a Buckeyes fan, of course you would. If you're a transplant from Big Ten country, of course you would. But if you watch a lot more SEC and ACC than you do Big Ten football, you might not know Ryan Day from Adam. And the reality is the guy is an unusual story because he's only 40 years old and he is a first-time head coach. And that's a little Dabo-like, right? 
You get a, a fairly high-profile job in Clemson's case, an extremely high-profile job in Ohio State's case, and you get it when you're only 40 years old. Remember when Urban Meyer stepped away? They elevated Ryan Day to the head coaching job. Amidst Eddie O and Dabo Sweeney and Kirby Smart and Nick Saban and James Franklin and, you know, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, we know all these teams and all of these head coaches. There's no way they're going to be sitting at the table next to you at lunch and you're not going to know it's them. It's up to you whether you bother them and ask for a selfie or an autograph or whatever, but you're, they're not going to slide under the radar. Ryan Day might, and his story is one of the reasons we reached out to Stanley Jackson, the former Ohio State quarterback. He not only knows that league as an analyst for the Big Ten Network, he knows his alma mater particularly well. Ryan Day is only 40. That's rare at a program like that to get the keys to the car. First-time head coach, also rare at the most prominent universities. They usually want to see you be a head coach with success elsewhere, maybe several elsewheres before they hand you the keys to their car. And he was at Ohio State. This is not the Dabo knew the Clemson culture because he was there forever under Tommy Bowden, and it made sense to elevate him because of his personality and his charisma. You know how long Ryan Day was at Ohio State before they gave him that promotion? Two years. These are weird stories, folks. It's an unusual, bordering on unique situation, as the Buckeyes, of course, are one of only three remaining unbeatens, and as they carry that number two ranking into the game Saturday at noon on Fox against 9-1 and one Penn State, which, you know, with a win over the Buckeyes, would knock the Buckeyes out of the Big Ten title game and complicate their journey into the college football playoff. Stanley Jackson live in about 30 minutes. David Cutcliffe live in about 90 minutes. Dave Clawson of Wake Forest also will join us in hour number three. If you want in on the NFL question of the day, what would you ask of veteran safety Eric Weddle if you were the owner of the L.A. Rams or the head coach of the L.A. Rams? He has said that he will not give any trade secrets or inside inf information or even reflections on his former team, the Baltimore Ravens, heading into that matchup on Monday night. Weddle was quoted saying, what kind of man would I be if I just turned my back on how they treated me for three years on everybody over there. An interesting dilemma. Again, if I'm signing his checks, I'd like a little more cooperation in the video room. 1-800-849-2761. One quick thought from me, and then we'll let your questions and comments in on what you saw last night in the NBA or college basketball or the NHL. Of course, all day we're talking football, college, and pro. 1-800-849-2761. Darren, did you, since it's one of your alma maters, did you watch, can't remember if you had... Uh, you know, one of your primary jobs. Darren's, a se <laughs> Darren's secondary job here is the producer of the David Glenn Show. Were you handling any of your primary jobs last night? I, I did fill in for our friend Josh Graham on our right. triad affiliate, the Sports Hub, until 6 p.m. So I Man, did get to catch. They got a catch. lot of you yesterday. They yes, got they, you for six hours yesterday. They yeah. did. Wow. Uh, but I was able to catch most of Elon at UNC, including the first half for which I was giddy. It's always nice when those drive time shows end at six rather than seven yeah. because you have a little buffer where you can go watch something, right? And, e and Elon Carolina was even a little bit of a later start, if I remember correctly. Bottom line, and, and you've seen enough college basketball. I mean, you're the voice of the High Point Panthers, for crying out loud. You could pro I could probably take you to a shoe camp or summer all-star event, the high school level, and you could say, you know, that guy looks like an ACC caliber player. 
or that guy looks like he might end up in the Big South, or that guy might end up in the CAA, et cetera. And yes, of course, there is a pecking order, and the ACC is always near the top, often at the top, in terms of conference-by-conference rankings. And even the national top 10 and top 25 of the polls suggest, with Louisville and Duke and UNC and UVA, what is it, four of the top eight are from the same conference. And Florida State and others beyond that are pretty darn good as well. You know the deal. My takeaway for the Tar Heels last night, on the upside, glass half full from the light blue perspective, Cole Anthony wasn't great, but you still won by double digits anyway. Everybody by now has figured out that whereas it is highly unusual under Roy Williams, dating back to his early days at Kansas, it is highly unusual that by far his best player is going to be a true freshman. That I, I'll look up the number, but you're not filling a single hand between what is – that's a lot of years as a head coach, and it just doesn't happen often. So Cole Anthony clearly is that guy this year, but he wasn't great last night. He wasn't bad. He just wasn't great. Nine points, 10 rebounds, eight assists, four turnovers. He might end up being an All-American, and if the Tar Heels want to accomplish great things, Cole Anthony is going to have to be that, an ACC Player of the Year candidate, an All-American candidate, et cetera. So it's okay. He's a freshman. He wasn't his best self, but it didn't end up mattering because freshman center Armando Baycott was the star against the Phoenix as the Tar Heels ended up getting what was a 675-61 victory. So they do win by 14, but the game was tied at the half against Elon. Again, shout-out to first-year head coach Mike Schrage of the Phoenix because he had the guys playing better, playing harder, than they did when they got annihilated by the Tar Heels a year ago at Elon when they opened the Shar Center with that big event. So Baycott is living up to his prep All-American billing, 22 points, 14 rebounds, 9 for 14 from the field. What do coaches always tell us? One of the biggest differences between the very top conferences and then the good conferences, it's usually talented big men, especially with their size. Armando Baycott is that unusual combination of size and skill. And when you play Elon, no matter how many other things they do correctly or well, you just don't know what. how do you deal with the 6'10 dude who's also skilled and a scorer and a rebounder and a shot blocker. Good luck with that. There's just nobody on your roster that's like that. So sure enough, Baycott, 22 points, 14 rebounds, 9 for 14 from the field, three blocked shots. Duke, by the way, carries a number one ranking. Back to Madison Square Garden tonight for game one of their doubleheader. They face the 4-0 Cal Bears, now led by Coach Mark Fox, if you remember him from his other coaching stops. The Bears have not lost yet. Of course, neither have the Blue Devils. Georgetown or Texas will be the Devils' opponent tomorrow. The Longhorns are good again and in the top 25 again and undefeated again. I'm hoping for Devils against Longhorns tomorrow night, but, but more on that in a minute. So Baycott has it wasn't his first double double but it was a little bit of a coming out party right so Cole Anthony looks like a potential all-american even as a freshman Armando Baycott it's still incredibly early and true freshmen are even harder to gauge in my experience most of the time when they are big guys right guards I mean Kenny Anderson I saw him coming as a freshman guard at Georgia Tech in 1990 uh on day one, like on the first play after the opening jump ball, yeah, he'll, he'll be okay at the ACC level. It's, and same with Cole Anthony here in 2019. It's harder to say, is Armando Baycott automatically going to be a candidate to be 
you know, a, a high-ranking All-ACC player as a freshman? I don't know. Will he only dominate the Elons and other non-conference opponents that don't have as much size? I don't know. We'll see. No need to know right now, right? But what I can say for sure is that Cole Anthony and Armando Baycott, and I will add because I respect how he's evolved his game over three years, veteran big man Garrison Brooks. Right now, Roy Williams has three guys that if you and I just saw them at the YMCA, we'd say, well, yeah, they're, they're ACC caliber players. And again, they're not all the same guy. One's an All-American candidate. One's a promising freshman big man. One's more of a just consistent I, I really like Garrison Brooks' game, but I would not expect him to be a star. You don't ride Garrison Brooks to an ACC title or a Final Four, right? You, you just need him to be a good player for you while Cole Anthony leads you to such things. After those three guys, as you watch Carolina play Elon, now here's my request because I don't want anybody to take this as an offensive comment. It's not intended to be that. You know me. I try to speak truth. And if it hurts your feelings, usually I'm not willing to apologize. Picture guys without the light blue on their jersey. Picture them without the names on the back of their jersey. Forget whatever you know about their recruiting story. Did Roy Williams have another player besides Cole Anthony, Armando Baycott, and Garrison Brooks that you could honestly say to yourself, he could play at Elon and in that league? Are, are you sure that there's more than three on that Tar Heel team? And the reason I ask the question is, over the years when Roy William has done his greatest work, his very best work, there are like six, seven, eight future NBA guys in his rotation. I mean, look at some of his national championship teams, man. They were loaded. You aren't wondering, is the fourth guy somebody that might be playing at Elon? Again, take the names off the back of the jerseys. Could Andrew Playtech be an Elon guy right now? I don't know what Leaky Black will be someday. I don't know what he'll be someday, and I'm not asking that. Leaky Black could be an Elon player right now. Brandon Huffman would fit right into Elon's league, more so than the Atlantic Coast Conference, right? Christian Keeling actually came from a mid-major league, right? Justin Pierce came from a mid-major league. Carolina has one super special player in the freshman point guard, Cole Anthony. One potentially super special player in the freshman center, Armando Baycott. One mega reliable big man in his junior year, Garrison Brooks. After that, folks, if somebody dribbled the ball for the Tar Heels or took a shot or took a charge or anything else there's just as good a chance that he would be playing for Elon or in Elon's league than for the Tar Heels and in the Tar Heels league. That's really, and that's not something you typically say about UNC basketball. And I think, as with UVA's attempt to follow up a special season, I think a lot of folks are underestimating how hard it is to follow Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome and DeAndre Hunter all moving on to the NBA plus Jack Salt and role players, et cetera. In Carolina's case, you lost two one-and-done freshmen. In the old days, Kobe White and Nasir Little would have hung around. In the new day, it doesn't happen that way. Plus, you lost three seniors, Luke May, Kenny Williams, and Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson, of course, as a first-round draft pick. Last year's UNC roster looked more like a UNC roster under Dean Smith or Roy Williams or even the guys in between them. There's a long road to go 
if the Tar Heels have a chance to be special this year because it always starts with horses. It always starts with talent. You can have the Hall of Fame coach, and if they don't have enough horses, folks, guess what? They don't end up with special seasons. Some guys have to get a lot better between now and then. I know Brandon Robinson has been hurt, but Brandon Robinson is another guy that if you said he was a quality player in the Colonial Athletic Association for Delaware or, you know, Charleston or James Madison or Elon, isn't that somewhat similar to being a middle-of-the-road player in the ACC? It's not night and day different, I can promise you that. It is an unusual roster for Roy Williams. And as I watched the Tar Heels struggle with Elon for a little bit more than a half, that was the first thing that came to mind. 1-800-849-2761. More of your phone calls on the other side. Three great guests later. Some special in-studio guests are on the way. More on those stories and those headlines. If you'd like in on the NFL, college football, hockey, basketball, or more, you can be next at 1-800-849-2761 on The David Glenn Show. I believe it is the NBA's turn in the line dance. And I don't think they can dance. I don't think they can dance as well as DG dances. And I'm only a three or a four. The David Glenn Show, weekdays at noon. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. 1-800-849-2761. 1-800-849-2761. Stanley Jackson of the Big Ten Network, former Ohio State quarterback, drops by in 15 minutes. David Cutcliffe of Duke, Dave Clawson of Wake Forest. Later, special in-studio guests soon, special phone guests soon. John in Wake Forest wants to keep the phone calls going. 1-800-849-2761. Just to follow up quickly on the UNC basketball thing, since John also has basketball on his mind. If I took you all the way back to Roy Williams' national championship team in 2005, do you know what the six guys who ended up helping the Tar Heels in the national championship game, the most minutes played, the top six in the rotation in that national title game 14 years ago, do you know what they had in common? They all went on to play in the NBA. I mean, that's how this stuff usually works. There are exceptions, remember? When Coach K won it all in 2010, it was not as loaded with future NBA players. It was big-time, reliable, seasoned, quality, smart, experienced guys like Nolan Smith and uh, Mason Plumley was a good player on his way to the NBA, but the guards were John Shire and Nolan Smith. John Shire's, you know, had more of a future as a coach than he did as an NBA player. So there are exceptions to these rules. But in 2005, the guys who played the most minutes for Roy Williams in the NCAA title game, Sean May, future lottery pick, Rashad McCants, future uh, first-rounder, Raymond Felton, future lottery pick, Marvin Williams, future lottery pick, Jawad Williams, who did play a little in the NBA, and David Noel, who played a little in the NBA. You know, when I saw the Tar Heels beat Elon, I saw at most three high-end talents. Maybe more come along, we'll see. But this is not Duke because of those freshmen to go with Trey Jones, who's an improved version of himself. 
has a chance to take the more usual route. You know, it, it wasn't always Coach K. He has five national titles. 2010 was the exception, remember. <laughs> when he won twice in the early 90s, it was Grant Hill and Bobby Hurley and Christian Leitner and other future pros. When he won in 2015, it was Jalil Okafor and Justice Winslow and Tyus Jones and Grayson Allen and Quinn Cook. There are five guys who are still playing in the NBA right now. That's the road more traveled. It is really, really hard to reach your highest goals if you have two or three players of that sort. Carolina rarely is caught, and I don't want to call it a talent shortage because they still have, with Cole Anthony, Armando, Armando Baycott, and Garrison Brooks, they still have a firmer foundation of, a, of those three guys than most teams in the ACC. So it's not like anybody should weep for the Tar Heels. They have a heck of a foundation to start with. They just do not have anything close to the usual talent level you see in Chapel Hill and the depth of that high-end talent, uh, whereas Mike Krzyzewski has a chance by the end of this season. How many of y'all are doubting that the new and improved, more offensively dangerous Trey Jones, plus freshman big man Vernon Carey, plus freshman forward Matthew Hurt, plus freshman wing Cassius Stanley, and maybe others. I mean, there's four guys right there they are going to end up in the NBA. Now, who knows who's going to be as a lottery pick? There's a lot that we just don't know. How quickly do they come along? But the bottom line is Duke, where, whereas they're not loaded at the top the way they were with Zion and RJ last year, they're taking a more familiar road in pursuit of greatness. Roy Williams and the Tar Heels taking that road less traveled, at least as you compare it to Roy's other teams at Kansas and UNC. Stanley Jackson on college football in about 10 minutes. David Cutcliffe and Dave Clawson a little bit later. More on the NFL. The Canes hosting the Flyers tonight. The most important or interesting things that happened in the NBA over the last 24 hours. Your phone calls, too, at 1-800-849-2761 on the David Glenn Show. I would never be so competitive, so childish, that I would actually keep track of my record as a coach in youth soccer. I mean, that would be ridiculous. So when I think about my 78 wins, two losses, and four ties, <laughs> not that I was keeping track or anything. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. Stanley Jackson once played quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes. He's now with the Big Ten Network. Did you know that this year's Buckeyes are not only 10-0, but they're number one in the nation in scoring offense at more than 50 points per game. And they're number one in the nation in scoring defense because they're giving up less than 10 points per game. It is an unbelievable debut for the first-year head coach, Ryan Day. And, of course, the Buckeyes are right in the middle of the biggest matchup of the college football weekend. It will be number eight, Penn State, at number two, Ohio State. Stanley Jackson on all things college football. The former Buckeyes QB joins us next on The David Glenn Show. Christian Leitner, thanks for joining us. It's been less than a week since the I Hate Christian Leitner 30 for 30. The final product of the movie was absolutely awesome. I love every second of it. Maybe I'm not seeing the same thing everyone else is seeing, but I thought the movie was awesome and I loved it. Keep it here on The David Glenn Show.